Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Insider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Happy New Year's, Dolphin fans. Welcome into another episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show. We have a special show for you today, recapping the Miami Dolphins' dreadful 34-3 loss to Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. But before we get into all that, Jake, how are you doing today, man? Josh, New Year's say Miami Dolphins. I've been thinking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here as a ripe 27-year-old, and this was the first year in rub my entire in, rub career. Rub it in. <laughs> That in my fantasy football playing experience, uh, not only did I make the championship, but I won two of my three leagues, Josh. What? I am the champion in two of the three. And that definitely helped lighten the blow of what was a pretty depressing Sunday because the Dolphins are getting into this routine here, man, where uh, they don't just lose. They lose. They get their butt kicked. And it's kind of uh, Godzilla left the city in, in uh, a complete mess. Well, I'm very proud of you. Two out of three. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I was in, I think, like 14 leagues and I won one. So I'm like $450 richer, but um, winning one, <laughs> winning that one doesn't even compare to you winning two out of your three. So um, that's awesome, Jake. But back to the Dolphins, man. It just seems like every year, you know, they kind of set us up this season. We had the seven game losing streak. We were all down and out. We checked out. I mean, we would have been fine just, you know, I guess tempering off into the sunset, but then they battled back. They got our hopes up and um, they did what we kind of expected. They laid an egg in January against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. <laughs> Man, you do sound so defeated, but this is certainly a trend for the Miami Dolphins under Brian Flores. And you just kind of wonder if, you know, new year, you start to think of this big picture stuff of is this team consistent or just so inconsistent where they're never going to get where you want them to go? Uh, 2019, you know, they started the season 0-7, the first of two 0-7 runs for Brian Flores and his tenure as a coach of the Miami Dolphins. And that season five and three, everyone's feeling pretty good. But then, you know, 2020 rolls around, season starts one and three, and it ends with a 20 or 56 to 26 loss in Buffalo. You mentioned, Josh, yesterday, Sunday, whatever day that was when I was in this podcast, 34 to three, man, uh, 34 is a big number. And we could say that the, the defense did things wrong here, but I think the way this game was played, you think of the weather, you think about the game script, 
I thought the defense played well enough, man, for you to go in there and win a football game. I think most of this podcast and, and you know, you'll get the hint looking at my rundown here is the offense, man, really, really let the team down. It seems like for the second year in a row when they needed them the most, they needed someone to step up and be that guy and command a game. And, you know, not necessarily be, you know, Jamar Chasen's three touchdowns, uh, but just be someone who is unstoppable on the field when you need it the most. And the Dolphins just did not have that. Yeah, I'm going to try to make you laugh, but I had someone say, you know, this offense only scored three points. And I I jokingly say, you know, it should have been six had Jason Sanders kicked that field goal. But you're <laughs> you're right, man. I mean, they, they completely laid an <laughs> <Yes>. egg. And <laughs> I mean, this is two years in a row. I mean, last year we lost, what, 56-26 on January 3rd. You know, it was one year to the day yesterday to the Buffalo Bills and kind of sent us into a tailspin. And this game kind of feels a lot of the same, Jake. I mean, you had all these expectations for Tua coming into this game and you don't want to put it all on his shoulders. I mean, we all know the weather was an issue. All these players have said that, but I mean, it was even playing fields. You can't use that as an excuse. Went out there 18 of 38 for 205 yards, had that one interception. I think he fumbled the ball three times, Jake, but he just did not look himself um, all day long. And I mean, when your quarterback's going out there and missing what looked like at times, simple throws, but at the same time, you know, Tua did have that big throw to Wild, did make some plays. So it wasn't all bad from Tua, but I think this was, you know, at least in my opinion, probably his worst performance. I'm going to be honest, the part where a little bit of my heart died was where he rolled to the left there, had Matt Collins open at for the sticks. And mm. I mean, he just skipped that thing at his feet. I mean, there are people arguing that the ball slipped out of his hands, you know, whatever excuse you want to be, man, that's a throw that I think, I mean, I want to say you and I could make and that one right there kind of just. Uh, I don't want to say made me stop believing in this game, but definitely made me think, oh man, this game's this game could get ugly quick. It's like you're in the Lion King and you're just kind of hoping to see Tua get up. You're hoping to see something, <laughs> some sort of movement, some sort of shake. Just but man, you are and dust. on. Yep. <laughs> Be- because we could sit the like Ryan Tannehill had the throws to Jarvis Landry in the rain that went 20 yards by the line of scrimmage. Uh, so yes, we could see you and talk about the weather, but man, to only score three points and to go to that Mac Collins play, that is this is why I love talking about football with you because we could talk about, you know, the interceptions, but it's plays like that where you look at why you have someone like Tua in the building, why you can lead or, or want to win with Tua is the completion percentage, his ability to hit the open receivers and his ability to do it easily. That's why, you know, Dolphin fans love to cheer that completion percentage. Completion percentage is such a big deal. And yes, it can be when you can sustain drives and move the ball down the field. But when you have 20 incomplete passes, man, Waddle, Caught three of his seven targets. Devontae Parker, four of his 13 targets that came his way. There was some hard, hard balls thrown at Devontae Parker. When you have 20 incompletions, man, that's when you really get concerned that, hey, we knew that this quarterback had limitations. Every quarterback has limitations. And you're just, the big question is, can you win with them? And what we saw on Sunday is a quarterback I don't think you can win with. And uh, I think this was on Monday. Brian Flores had to say disappointment. I think you're in the wrong business if you're not disappointed by that, talking about the result. That's probably the disappointment for our team, for the people in the building, for our players, coaches, support staff. Everyone works really hard. But they put a lot into this. So, so definitely disappointment. Josh, I mean, as much as I think we do a good job of talking about the entire team, man, I think we need to talk long and hard here about uh, just kind of the quarterback play because for how much the Dolphins didn't run the ball in the second half for uh, the big plays the Titans offense got. I think, you know, different quarterback play might have been the difference here. Yeah, Jake, and you know, I've been labeled a two stand, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's hard to argue that. I mean, he went out there and again, with the game and the season on the line, I mean, they laid an egg and sure, you know, it was bound to happen. They won seven in a row. I mean, okay, so they didn't win eight games straight. I mean, is anybody really that disappointed in that? It was just the way he went out there and played, you know, put those balls on the ground, missed some open throws. 
And Jake, I think Devontae Parker was targeted seven times. I mean, it would have been crazy if, if he was trade there midseason, it would have made sense. But him and Tua just did not seem on the same page at all. And, you know, for the rapport they've had throughout the season, that was a little bit concerning to see. But at the end of the day, man, I just wish that Tua would have elevated those guys around him, went out there and, and won this game. I mean, you mentioned it. The defense played well enough to keep them around and keep this game close. Tua just did not make enough plays. And um, I guess you have to question the game plan, though, at some of this, right? I mean, you heard Tua at the end of the game say the game plan was to go out there and throw the football. I mean, we all saw the weather. We were talking about it, what, a few days before the game even started. I mean, why did the Dolphins not have a plan in place, like Mike Kosicki said earlier today, to, you know, combat that weather? You know, you're running the ball effectively. You have Duke Johnson mm-hmm. averaging seven yards of carry. Why did you abandon the run? It doesn't make any sense to me. But, again, I don't think any of that matters when your quarterback was playing as dismal as Tua did on Sunday. Yeah, Duke actually went into a little detail saying that the team was unable to finish drives. We didn't finish our drives. We had some drives where we strung along good plays. We got down there and we just didn't finish. Again, like we said, we had a great week of practice and did what we're supposed to. We just didn't turn it over to today. And, dude, it just kind of comes down to, you know, they had, they started sustained drives. You know, I think it was even the first drive of the game. It started with a 15-yard completion uh, penalty. And then a 15-yard run by Duke Johnson for another first down. Uh, And that was about all the progress this offense could get. You were really hoping to see someone sort of make a big play because that's kind of what the Titans did on offense. You know, they could not pass the football. They scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. So this was a lot closer than that 34-3, you know, stands out to be. But what they did is they kept kind of sticking to a game plan. Uh, They just head down, plow it forward, plow it forward, and all of a sudden you get a 20-yard gain, a 15-yard gain. But it's just having that ability to move the sticks, and it was too many of those little errors, whether it was a a penalty or or fumbling the football for a loss of 10 yards. Josh, I found a really crazy stat. Uh, Tua, Jake Brisket have combined for 15 fumbles on the season. That's one more than Dak Prescott, who leads the league with 14 fumbles. So, I mean, you think of how the Dolphins could have been successful at sustaining drives, moving the sticks. When you're unable to do that, man, you're scoring three points is hard to do. You know, you don't do that on accident. I won't say the offense is this bad, uh, but there are going to be situations, especially late in season, where you need someone to kind of go against the game script, say, hey, maybe we didn't practice well, or hey, you know, maybe we didn't have the best game played, uh, but the talent is good enough to overcome that, and we didn't see anything close to that. No, and in weeks prior, you know, we'd be making the excuse, okay, he didn't have a run game. The offensive line is in shambles and the worst in football. I mean, they gave him time on Sunday. I mean, he mm-hmm. had time back there, and at times it seemed like the more time he had, you know, the worse those reads were, or maybe some of the throws. So I don't know, Jake. I mean, we're sitting here bashing Tua, and we are going to talk about the quarterback position and, you know, what's surrounding the Miami Dolphins heading into the 2022 season later this week or maybe next week in one of our uh, fin sliders. But, Jake, we do have to mention that 55-yard dime that he threw to Jalen Waddle. I mean, is that not what's so frustrating? You know, you have some of these passes like the Matt Collins, some of these other ones to Devontae Parker that were off target. And then he just stands back there in the pocket with the time. You know, you see the the you, you see the pocket surrounding him and he just launches it. It looked effortlessly. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying he put everything into it, but that was a freaking dot, man, to Jayla Waddle and Stride. And at times you just got to sit there and wonder, you know, where is that all the time? Because those were the big plays that the Dolphins needed in this one. And that's kind of the arm strength question. I mean, people... I think might get a little too literal when thinking about arm strength. It doesn't mean you have like a 60 in Madden and you can't, you, you're walking around with, you know, the chat. Can he arm wrestle noodle. Paul Bunyan? Can he arm wrestle Paul I, Bunyan? That is really what they used to determine arm strength. But when you kind of think about how he throws, it just really, 
highlights how hard some throws are compared to others. Like, I think he can make every throw on the field, but can he make it when he's running to his left? Can he make it on the move? That's when you go back to that Mac Collins when we uh, threw that incompletion. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the big issue, man, because it seems like they get this 35-yard completion. You mentioned that dime to Jalen Waddle. I think it was uh, the biggest or the largest receiving play through the air of the week. Am I wrong some, on that? We're cherry pick something like that. One of those some, next some gen sort- stats. Yeah. We're going to cherry pick it all week long for sure though. <laughs> but that's the thing. I shouldn't be like the fact we're seeing these stats over like wins or even touchdowns. I think that is kind of the thing where we're all caught up on. I mean, I joked about this, Josh, and I wanted to try to find the right way to tweet it. And I don't think I can, but you think about the elevator, Josh, the dolphins did every single week. Uh, during the winning streak, right? You win seven games in a row. Uh, a lot of people are concerned you're facing bad teams, whatever it may be, but we're having fun, right? You see some excitement growing within the franchise. Christian Wilkins gets on the elevator doing the worm. Robert Hunt gets in on the elevator on a play that doesn't even matter. We see all these different guys getting celebrated and really jacked up during the run. You know who wasn't on the elevator? You know who didn't have that monumental moment, even if it didn't matter, like the Robert Hunt play? Tua. Like he, he was just like, he was decent during the winning streak. Yes. He has completion percentage was fantastic, but he never had that one game where like, damn man, that is my quarterback. It wasn't like we saw him go out against Peyton Manning, like Ryan Tannehill did. And I think that was like a 38 to 34 game where we're like, ah, shucks. You know, we can tell that the quarterbacks got talent. You know, it's just now that was the difference. The offensive line has a sack blast drive the game or whatever it may be some sort of scenario like that. But we didn't see that star power. We didn't see that emerging superstar to go back to, you know, the Madden references, RIP. It's just that you never had that one memorable game. I mean, we had the Cardinals last year, and the fact that I'm still thinking of that as, like, the memorable Tua game, I think that is the biggest concern we see here because then you get 34-3 to 3 on the other side of that pendulum. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, man. And we're going to be talking about this all off season. I mean, I think everybody is, I mean, you already see, Sorry, I can't get off it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just what I guess is so baffling to me is that, you know, we're a year removed from all the talk and there's still not really any clarity. I mean, and is that not why all these rumors are going to come back and surface? I mean, I think if they build everything around too, I mean, I think you can go out there and you can win a playoff game. You might be able to compete for a ship if you know, everything falls in line. But I mean, to me, if you want to compete with the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen's, you know, the Justin Herberts, you're going to have to go out there and get a quarterback that can, you know, elevate this team. And, you know, I think in the off season, there will be some names thrown around and the dolphins are absolutely going to, you know, they're definitely going to entertain those trade talks, but um, Jake, I, I don't know, man, it's just crazy that we're going into week 18. Now they added another game this season and we're still not sure what Tua Tungvaloa is. And I mean, if he bounces back and has this great game against the new England Patriots, I mean, how much does that change these things? I mean, we've been having all these things just going on in our head, all these doubts and questions that we still don't have the answers to. And I think that's, what's most difficult, but again, regardless of what we wanted from Tua, or regardless of what we wanted from this team with everything on the line, they laid an egg and Jake, we have to tip our hat to that, 
Tennessee Titans offense because I made a joke, man. I don't know about you, but did Deontay Foreman ever take his helmet off? Because I'm not convinced that that wasn't Derrick <laughs> Henry. Like 26 carries, 132 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he looked unstoppable at times. And I mean, the Dolphins looked like they were set up. They knew the run was coming. But when you can have that effect running that football, that opens up the play action. And we know as well as anyone, when you're running the ball effectively, how great, how great Ryan Tannehill can be in that play action pass game. And we saw it on Sunday. And that's kind of the crazy part is that I think AJ Brown caught two of the five balls that came his way. I wouldn't say that offense was successful by any means, but it's about taking advantage of the opportunities. I think Mike Vrabel came out and said the more physical team came out and won that football game. And that's kind of a really short way of saying, you know, they stuck to their game plan. They knew what they had to do. They knew, you know, if we get three yards, four yards, if we keep running the football and just keep those sticks moving, we'll get a couple of field goals. Hey, maybe we'll even break one. Maybe we'll be able to get them sleeping with that play action over the top. And Josh, that's what, you know, makes you the number one overall seed. And I think that's so important to keep in mind here too. While we should be discouraged, while we should be disappointed, this was a Dolphins team, you know, we're sitting here talking about how we are allowed to be disappointed at a uh, 34 to three loss to the one seed, because if this was a team that kept struggling after that one and seven start, we wouldn't even be in this situation. Uh, so Josh, that's what you kind of see is what's needed in order to reach that next level, to be one of the top teams in the NFL is just knowing a game plan, having that trust in your system and not only having that trust, but it's a system that works and there are results there. And, you know, it's pretty damn impressive that Derrick Henry has been out for so long and this offense is still continuing to operate that same exact way. Yeah. And again, like you said, this is one of the top seeds in the AFC. I mean, there's no shame in losing to the Titans. I think we just have a little bit of shame in the way it happened. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but there was a quote, I think it was AJ Brown said, you know, I didn't really hear much about Ryan Tannehill throughout the week about his old team. But in that last huddle, you know, when they were trying to put the game away, I think Ryan Tannehill said he won put it on his former team. So, I mean, it goes back to, you know, Ryan Tannehill talking about all that money he made in the practice squad player, but it was his revenge game. I'm looking at his numbers. I don't know why I thought they were a little bit better than this 13 of 18, 120 yards and two touchdowns. I say a little better, but all that truly matters is that he was effective in those two touchdowns. And he was only sacked right. one time, Jake. And we thought that was going to be the story of this game. Kudos to the Tennessee Titans offensive line for stepping up. We knew they got Taylor Lewan back, Saffold back in the mix. So um, Dolphins defense again, though, I do think they did enough. But um, at the end of the day, it was enough to beat the Titans. And you ever in down here, Mike Pilardi, we got to throw his name out there. Brutal, because, yeah, he, yeah, and I mean, I kind of feel like we were on the Mike Pilardi being terrible bandwagon. And then that one game, he, he like shifted field position and did some good things. And we might have shifted back a little bit. But Mike Pilardi's been Brutal. And I mean, I think we can point some of the blame at Jason Sanders missed field goals on his holding because um, I'm just going to put all the blame on Mike Flory at this point. I love, dude, I love that. And I mean, I do wonder if, you know, early in the game, maybe field position makes a difference, right? We we don't know for sure. I think there are a couple different things where like we could say, well, a couple penalties, you know, could have gone Miami's way. Uh, in the grand scheme, man, the Titans were flagged, I think one more time than the Dolphins already were. Those are aren't things you can rely on. But when you look at uh, the punting, man, that eight, eight yard difference between Brett Kern and, and Plardy, that is just brutal. You thought special teams, I think that's what made Miami so successful going back to uh, last season was just that reliance on special teams. And the fact you don't even have that man, I, I don't know how this team kind of ripped off that winning streak outside of the fact that, you know, you have a great defense and you had some kind of weak quarterbacks. You could bully a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's impressive what the Dolphins have overcome. I mean, they're going to they could have a winning record if they beat the Patriots at home. I mean, nine and eight after the way this started. I know a lot of people want changes, but I don't know if, you know, a Brian Flores change is coming. I mean, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen. 
But Jake, we do have to mention you brought up penalties. And I know a lot of people were talking about that. I know Devontae Parker, that was pass interference on fourth down there. That could have shifted the game, but I'm not here to make excuses. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, some of those penalties. I think there was a fumble that they should have overturned. I mean, there were different plays that went the Titans way, but again, 34-3, I don't think they impacted the game as much as some fans think. What do you think Parker said to the ref there? I just think it's like a trash, like a one word type of thing. I mean, you knew like the game. I would be saying so many bad words. You would be beeping it out. I'd be you mother, how dare you go yourself? <laughs> Something like that. That's okay. fair. And I, I, I definitely don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. And it is, it's so hard when your team's losing that by, by that much that it's hard to not feel like everything's going against you in that situation. And hey, man, there, there are definitely some issues with this team, but this week 18, I think there's still a lot on the line. I think you mentioned Flores being safe. You wonder, does an absolute horrible horrible performance let's say mac jones comes in and has another 50 burger like he just had against jacksonville all of a sudden man are you are you looking over your the back of your shoulder if you're brian flores at all or would you say that this is kind of uh in terms of front office coaching staff a stability plan that's in place despite all the issues i guess another way to word this i'd say is uh did the 2021 nfl draft class really save this front office save this coaching staff for, for another year to prove themselves um, that's the million dollar question, Jake. And I just keep thinking, you know, if there is a change made, I think it might be a Chris Greer. You know, they promote a McKenzie or a Marv Allen or one of those guys to fill that GM spot. But I do think, you know, what we've seen out of Brian Flores, at least the way he turned his team around, got him back in contention, that defense playing lights out. I think he's done enough to probably warrant another year. Hell, maybe they give him full control. I don't know. But these are all talking points that we're going to be discussing over the next three or so months, Jake. You mentioned the quarterback position. I think we're all down on him now. But again, that's just what comes with a 34-3 loss. Who knows what happens after that New England game? We will talk about that plenty this offseason. And with all that in mind, Josh, there is one more game left for a season that shouldn't have been this fun. You know, we got that seven-game winning streak out of it, and Eric Rowe did share some points of optimism where he said it's tough to say because obviously teams change every year. A couple points, though, is growth, growth as a team, growth as a whole. Just the way we all click together, even secondary-wise, the way we communicate together, we've gotten a lot better being on the same page, and hopefully it extends to next year, but really just growth as a team in general. Josh, that growth is all we can ask for, not only for the Miami Dolphins, but here's the Cordy line for ourselves in 2022. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're excited to see what the new year brings. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we see the Miami Dolphins turn in the corner as a strong football team despite the fact we have a horrible taste of a 34 to 3 loss in our mouths for finsider radio for the jake and josh show i'm jake mendel josh house is manning his children so wish him all the luck thank you guys again so much for listening to us we'll be back midweek with finsider fins up fins up that was finsider radio part of the finsider.com and the sb nation network miami has the dolphins Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one, yes we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number